Yeah, where's it coming from? Let's find out. everyone, this is Barbara, and this week's podcast is the first in a series of episodes where we gather around our virtual kitchen table and have a friendly chat with guests who are lifelong experiencers. We're calling this intermittent series Table Talk and are presenting ordinary people who are living extraordinary lives. Most experiencers are not famous. Most have not written books, taught classes, or become gurus. They've tended to remain quiet about their lives for fear of being derided and belittled, or worse, called liars and labeled as mentally ill. We want to present these chats in the hopes that more of the closeted experiencers will come out and speak their truths so that the world can become more accepting of our stories, our lives, and ourselves. This particular episode is somewhat longer than usual, around an hour and 45 minutes, because we had so much fun sharing stories with our guests that we went over our usual 90-minute mark. We beg your patience with this, and we promise that in the future we will keep a closer eye on the clock as we record and not create huge episodes. This all said, on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Barbara Fisher, and with me is Kendra Maurer and Morgana. And tonight we're starting a new series of shows where we talk with experiencers And we're trying to get a hold of lifelong experiencers who are like us, who have had a multitude of paranormal experiences. That's why we call them experiencers. Tonight, we're going to talk with Linda Sigmund and Michael Moore. They both live outside of Parkersburg, West Virginia. And uh, I was introduced to Linda by Brent Rains, the author and investigator. He said we needed to be friends because we were very much alike. So hello, everyone. Nice to see you. Hey. Hi. Hi. I have read a little bit about your stories, and I I heard Brent interview Linda, and, and Michael was there too, and it was very, very fascinating. So you can start wherever you want to. Um, you can start with your early experiences in childhood. Okay. Or whatever you want to do. I think the first experience that I had while I was about three years old and I was outside playing by myself after a rain and I was sitting in um, like a water spout, the rain spout that comes down and I became aware of a woman beside of me and every time I turned to look, she kind of disappeared and um, she had something in her hand. And she walked over to me and I looked and all I could see was her hand and she held out her hand and it was a ladybug. And she said, here, it won't hurt you. And she put it in my hand. And I remember she had long black hair and was wearing a white dress. And I thought, you know, how strange. Um, I couldn't imagine who she was or what she was. I just was aware that she was there. And uh, she talked to me for a little bit and then she took me by the hand and took me over into my backyard. And she said, 
I want you to look down into the grass. Well, I was three years old, you know, I'm like, okay. So I looked down, <laughs> I looked down into the grass and all I could see was uh, I could almost see through the grass, through the ground and into what appeared to be a cave or some type of a structure underneath the earth. And all I could think of was the devil and hell, you know, because when you're that little, you don't really know. You can't conceive in your own mind what that is. Yeah. You just think about things that, you know, meet your age, what it is. And she said, you'll remember this when you get older. And then you'll understand why I told you this story. So I thought, oh, well, you know, and I told my mom, she goes, oh, that's nice. You know, you were, you had a friend. And I go, yeah, but I had this ladybug and, you know, it, it was really pretty. And so anyway, the time goes by and I'm about 14 years old. And um, the, there was a big rain and we lived right on the river. And um, it, I remember it rained so much, the front part of our yard and the road where the railroad tracks were slid clear into the river. Wow. And uh, I went out and I walked around and they brought in uh, the civil engineers to check on it, to see what was going on. And uh, they came back later and they told my mother, well, uh, there's coal mines all under this area. And what happened is uh, they, they all filled with water and these coal mines reach clear around all the other side of your house. And I remembered the story from the woman. Wow. So I thought, oh. from now on, when I see ladybugs, I think, you know, oh, that brings back that memory that there is something to the hereafter. And uh, there's a lot of things out there that we don't understand. But uh, yeah. even from a very young age, I can remember, I can remember, uh, I don't know, maybe being a year old, six months. And my mother um, was the same way. She said she could remember being born. And so I've had this in my family uh, for a lot of generations. Uh, the next time I remember anything paranormal, I was about five. And uh, our house set on a road right by the river. And the windows upstairs went clear to the ground. And uh, just great huge windows. We have those here at our house. And uh, I couldn't sleep. And so I'd sit there and I'd watch the boats go by and I'd watch the trains go by because my grandpa and uncle drove the trains. And uh, that night it was real quiet and the street light was on. And uh, I saw something and I was sitting there looking out the window and I thought, what is that? And I, I thought it, only thing I could think of it at the time was that it was a robot. And I'm like, oh, and it was about three feet tall. And it walked stiff-legged, and it walked up in front of the house, Walked, started walking up the sidewalk to come into our house. And I got up, and I ran downstairs, and I ran under the sink and opened up the cabinet and hid under there. And uh, the next thing I remember, I was waking up underneath of there. It was morning. So um, it wasn't until I was probably a teenager that I realized that was probably a gray. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Where our house is about 20 minutes from um, Mason is right across the river and it's about 20 minutes from Point Pleasant. And uh, there's so many things that went on. Yeah. These yeah. things happened in Pomeroy, right? Pomeroy, mm -hmm. Ohio. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. They say uh, where there's water involved that a lot of times that a spirit is more apt to be able to manifest itself because of, uh, I don't know, the current and the water and the humidity in the air. But uh, it seemed like every time I had some type of experience, even at a young age, I became more and more psychic. So I started uh, you know, telling people what, what uh, I thought was going to happen. And, and then, uh, then I had my Mothman experience when I was 16. So what did you see? Do you want me to tell you about that now? Or? Oh, if you want to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kendra okay. wants to know. Um, um, it was it was spring. It was April 18th, 1967. And like I said, um, I lived in Pomeroy, Ohio, which was right across from Mason City, West Virginia, where I was born, which is about 20 minutes probably from Point Pleasant. And uh, at the time, I was dating a boy from Mason, and um, he wanted to go riding around in the country that evening. So he came over and got me about 6.30. And uh, we lived real close to the Pomeroy Mason Bridge. So uh, he had a 57 Chevy, and we get in, and we start going across the river, across the bridge. I can remember what I was wearing. I had my hair in pigtails. I had shorts on. I had a, um, like, mattress plaid shorts and a blue top i can remember everything what the day looked like everything and i think it is because uh the day will live in infamy is that what they say <laughs> uh, when you experience something you you think about the whole entire picture of it but anyway um we went over in mason and uh my experience was about right across from where we live uh as the crow flies it was uh just, you know, maybe five miles from my house. And we, it was starting to get dark because it was in the spring and there weren't many trees uh, that were out yet or flowers or anything. So we go out, start off this country road where we used to ride horses out there. And I've been out that road before and it's an old strip mine. And um, so we start riding up the road and he goes, I want to show you this place where I did, we were going to do hay. I did it last year and, and it's a nice place to stop and sit and look at the river. And I'm like, oh, okay. So we get up the top of the hill and um, we, we go through the strip mine and we go up uh, a gravel road and get the top of the hill. And we get out of the car and uh, he's got a quilt in the back of the car. So we spread it across the hood of the car and uh, get up sit on that and sit it sit there and we're just kind of talking and looking around and he, he i notice he's looking over his right shoulder and i'm like um do you see that light over there and he's like yeah i've been watching it for about 10 minutes so i'm like uh, you know that that's really strange so i have a picture here if you'd like to see it yes this is what i drew of what i so, oh wow. Um, wow the trees didn't have any leaves and um the the object itself at first was nothing but a bright white light maybe about the size of a full moon mm -hmm. and it sat there for just a little bit but it kept going in and out and in and out through the um through the clouds and it then all of a sudden it burst out of the clouds like a microburst i said it looked like um an explosion or something and but there was no noise no sound and, and then it started to move and it was only 
it was high level as we were sitting on the car. It was high level. And that time it was getting dark. And I was like in awe, you know, and scared, but yet wanted to know, you know, what it was. But I was always, I've always seen so many strange things from the time I was little. I wanted to know what it was. Yeah. So um, he said, maybe we better get in the car. So I said, okay. And that, the object went on the other side of the trees, came even, excuse me, with the road, came down the road, stopped parallel from us, and came right over top of us and stopped about, you know, about just treetop high. It wasn't very high. It was gigantic, this great gigantic craft. And it didn't make any noise at all. So we're, what I, I was regressed after this to try to remember what happened yeah. between the time the thing was there and it got there. And I'll show that with you in a minute. But uh, we were sitting there and he's like, um, I think we ought to leave. So he tried to start the car. This car wouldn't start. It's that typical thing where, you know, it's an electrical surge or something's happened and you can't get going. Yeah. So, you know, we're kind of freaking out a little bit. But, you know, and look, I'm looking out, I'm leaning out, looking out, and I can see the underneath of, underneath of uh, the object, and I drew a picture kind of what it looked like. Oh. And it filled our car up with light, and it had these lights underneath of it. With it I said we're in a, kind of like the shape of a T. It was huge. So I'm like, oh, this is this is, isn't good. So he got the car started, and we we started pull out of there, and we were on a little bit of a gravel road, and we had to come out to this to the real road and turn left. And uh, he started moving, and it it just stayed um, the the same height above us. And as we pulled out and went around a corner, I'm leaning out of. Uh, the side of the car on the drive or the passenger side and I see something coming out of that object or flying with the object or something and I said do you see that and he goes yeah I see it I see it and I thought he saw it but what I saw was this <sighs> and it mm-hmm. had its arms back and it uh, was about nine feet long from tip to tail. I didn't hear any noise, but it just went and it didn't flap its wings. And I, I said, look at that thing. Is What is that? A bird? What is that? And he goes, I saw it. I saw it. And I said, well, get down the road here at, um, at uh, the place that we, where we came in and um, coal mine and stop and uh, it upsets me when I talk about it. <laughs> oh, you take your time. I get that. Take your time. We got down to the, to the coal mine and we were sitting there and I said, I want to go back. I said, did you see that creature? And he said, no, what creature? And I said, well, it flew out of that object or from behind it or something and flew over to my right and it got up in the tree and it sat there and turned around 
and people said, "Do you did you see its eyes glow?" And I was like, no, I was you know trying to stay in the car, and he was trying. <laughs> I was trying to get him to look at it, and uh, so, but that that thing, I don't know what it was. Uh, it was a dark, tall thing creature. So we get down there, and we're sitting there, and he's like. Oh, Okay, well, let's go back up there. And he goes, well, let's just sit here just a few minutes. Maybe the moon will come up and we can see better. And I said, it's sitting up there in the tree. I know it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I want to go see it. Yeah, 16. Oh, I don't care. Okay, okay. So I said, well, well, there comes a car up the road. So we're off of the road a little bit. And here came this light up over the road, about three feet above the road. And I'm like, what's that and he said well it's a car isn't it or something and i said no it's a ball and it was about the size of a volkswagen a small car but it's a perfectly round ball and it was moving i don't know two or three miles an hour just creeping along like this you know i'm like oh, i hope it doesn't see us you know <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to see it but i didn't you know so it gets yeah. right down the road and we're sitting there and it stops oh my God. Uh -uh. so then it starts moving again that moved up to us and it moved right in front of the car right by uh, the hood of the car and stopped and i'm looking at this thing thinking what is that is that you know, something that they sent out to, to come and get us? Or is that that creature thing that's manifested itself into some other kind of a thing? But I looked right into it and the lights didn't hurt your eyes to look at it, made no noise whatsoever. And I don't really know how long we sat there, but it seemed like an eternity. But I had that feeling like you did, Kendra, like it is a knowing. Uh, it's in my head, it's in my brain, it's thinking, you know, and it's doing something to me. I wasn't afraid, but it affected me. And then the light filled the car and it went and it was gone. So we get out of the car and um, you were we brave. I would have been running away by now. I would have, there would have been high tailing. She had the hubris of youth going for her. <laughs> I ran away from ghosts when I was 16. No, 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 no. I talked to ghosts. Anyway, I mean, I that too, anyway it, it was gone. So I said, well, you know, I need to go tell my dad. And he's like, yeah, you want, want to do that? <laughs> well, yeah, I think I better. And he goes, well, and what are you going to tell him? And I said, I'm going to tell him what, what I saw. And I said, I want you to back me up. And he said, well, I didn't see that one thing you did. And I said, well, you tell him those two things we saw. So we get over to my house, which it's not very far. We just have to go back over to Mason City and across the bridge. And there we are. And pull in the driveway. And my dad's coming down off the porch. And I'm like, I wonder what's wrong. And he's running to me. And he goes, hurry, get out of the car and look. He said, uh, your grandma's on the phone. She just called from Pomeroy, which was up the river a little bit. There's two objects coming down, two balls. He said, about the size of a small car. 
And then, he, and then he said, your mother and I were sitting here on the porch and one came up over the uh, Wahama High School, which was directly across from our, where we live, which would have been the one that we saw because it was straight across where we were in, um, in West Virginia. And he said it came up and it went towards Pomeroy. Well, hmm. uh, so uh, there was a handful of people that saw it that night. Uh, just the balls. I don't remember anybody saying that they saw the big ship. Uh, but I remember John Keel and, and Mary Heyer uh, used to go out and they would go up on some of the higher places down around Point Pleasant and they would see the lights going back and forth across there. So I was regressed um, in 2017, I think it was, by a licensed hypnotherapist who's in our, our uh, UFO group and Michael recorded it that's right they recorded it. yeah the it wouldn't work the yeah camera wouldn't. Well, that sounds familiar mm -hmm. one, of stopped, one of the cameras stopped and then another one stopped and, uh, i managed to get out of three devices the whole video the whole audio but what was it some of it's just kind of a low real low quality so i but think we can, need to put you some, still get the gist of it yeah she took me it's just strange that it stopped Tech. She took me back to that that place of where I was on the hood of the car when right before I saw Mothman. And what happened is she had me to remember, and I remembered he got off the the car, and I went to jump off, and the quilt slipped, and I fell, and I I kind of burnt my leg or hurt my leg when I fell. And I'm sitting there crying because I'm thinking, you know, something's going to get me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I look up and there stands the creature. And uh, it picked me up and took me over to the car and took him out and put me in. And that's how I ended up on that side of the car. And uh, because I can what I thought happened was I walked over there and he was in there and I walked around and got in, but I didn't remember doing that. I remembered getting in and I thought he put me in, but he said, you know, no, he didn't put me in. When we got over to the house, he said he couldn't remember what happened, but he, he knew that something had happened. But uh, what she found out is that uh, I got put in the car and it didn't hurt me, but it was odd because when I drew a picture of, and I don't have that with me, I don't think, yeah. but when I drew a picture of what I had seen, uh, it was from uh, the feet up into the torso up here, reminded me of a Bigfoot. Huh. And the feet were big, the legs were big, and the arms were out like the thing I saw fly, the thing I remembered about it when I drew it. Wow. Um, so just it's, it's massive size. It's huge. Yeah. So that was my encounter with that. <laughs> wow. And uh, it has left me uh, with, I always had psychic ability, my mom and my sister, now my son and my daughter. Uh, they don't um, delve in it as much or use it as much as I do, but I, um, I read for people and tell them, you know, um, 
sorry about that. No, 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 bad. Usually it's my dog. <laughs> Maybe Mothman's out there. Who knows? <laughs> but I, uh, two weeks before the Silver Bridge collapsed, I went down there to Christmas shop. And um, the bridge was swinging this way and that way, you know. And I got down to uh, Point Pleasant and went over into a dress shop. I was going to buy a scarf for my sister. And there was these two men standing down there and the man in black. And one of them was just leaning up against the side of the building like this. And I didn't want to get out of the car, but there was a spot right in front. Nobody else wanted it, I guess. And I got out. There's Phoebe. Hi, Phoebe. And uh, he didn't acknowledge and even look like he saw me. You know, I just went by him and I kind of nodded to him and he just looked straight ahead. But he looked real out of place. He uh, he was Asian looking and had black hair and uh, black hat, black suit. And when I came out, he was gone. But there was another one on down the street leaning on a, a pole, a lamp pole. And then I got home, and um, the, when the bridge collapsed, I was at a, um, a volleyball tournament thing, and we were going to have a dance afterwards. And our group that was going to play for the dance, the band, uh, was in line to go across the bridge, but they didn't get they didn't get hurt. But I had the dream, and I didn't know until I read the Mothman prophecies that people dream, how all had that dream. Some of them were the experiencers of all the packages floating in the water. Yeah. It's weird. Um, Just this uh, past week, I found out that my grandmother and grandfather owned a farm. The largest farm they had was in Mason, Um, The farm that I grew up knowing was in Putnam County, Um, but the farm that my mom always called the big farm was in Mason, West Virginia. Um, And uh, a lot of weird things happened there. You know, she always talked about the things that happened on the big farm. Well, now I kind of wonder if I know why weird things happened on that farm. Um, But that's, you know, hearing you talk about Mason City and all of that. And uh, yeah, I can't help but think that, yeah, that's kind of odd. And then, of course, Kendra has had odd experiences in Pomeroy. Uh, Harrisburg and I think it's Harrisburg. And then Zaleski State Forest were the most active for me. But, you know, you asked earlier if I um, experienced any more uh, change in psychic ability after my experience. And as you were talking, I realized that I did. Um, I I became. There are some people I can. It doesn't matter where they are. I can pick up their thoughts very mm-hmm. distinctly, mm-hmm. and that didn't happen until after that. Mm-hmm. You have a knowing, and uh, it's more than a sense. It's a knowing and, um, you know, you can walk up, you have a feeling sometimes you just have to say something to them. Do you know somebody by the name of Trisha or do you know somebody name of Jennifer? And they'll go, oh, you know, yeah, I just lost my daughter and that was her name or something like that. And I think sometimes, I mean, I'm a Christian and I think sometimes that God 
the way I feel. He speaks to me and wants me to help other people. And, you know, whether you have that belief or not, I think that um, as a human being, we have a duty to to help other people if we have that ability. I think I, it's a gift. And I feel like across the, the faiths, people who experience this end up with the same belief that this was, you know, a message to be a part of the helping of, you know, whatever, whether it's helping people get to the other side of their own issues or just trying to build community, that kind of thing. Build understanding. Yeah. Feed people. <laughs> the line cook speaks. <laughs> I, I'm also I, I'm also the laziest shaman. Because um, <laughs> I think all of us have seen something. I've I have never seen Mothman, and I hope I never do. I get shadow people and night terrors and fairy sightings and i do see ufos never super super close ones although lately they've been getting closer to the house and i'm really i'm okay with them not doing that <laughs> I, i'm okay with them being like several hundred yards up and like to, to the left <laughs> where's it that you live athens ohio oh um, yeah my mom and i are both in athens uh, it's kind of and, a paranormal place I think. oh yeah yeah it's <laughs> weird here in the united states on the yeah. university and the um mental health old mental health yeah. hospital oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yes i used to work over there i worked at ou in the 60s really at the library mm -hmm. nice the old library good library <laughs> alden's such a good library it is. I've, mm -hmm. I've wasted much of much time in the stacks that I was supposed to be researching. <laughs> supposed to be researching one thing, and then oh, you the found fifteen other things. Books make it less creepy. Books make it less creepy because you can just oh, yeah. like have an armload of books and be like, okay, ghost or whatever creepy uji feeling. Because some of the stacks do have like a really eerie, mm -hmm. they do sort of feeling. And it's not all the floors. It's just like some floors. Mm -hmm. Like the fourth floor was always mm -hmm. a little. Weird. I, think I, remember I worked that. on the fourth floor. <laughs> <laughs> that is not surprising. Uh, um, uh, yeah. But, yeah. Um, now we see Bigfoot out here now. Or, well, I have had one sighting of a shadow. If you want to hear Michael's story when he was little, um, how old were you? I think it was 10 or 12. I think <laughs> somewhere in there. We moved over to Westerville. When I was eight, and I think it was a couple of years later that my brother and I were out in the woods. We had a, my dad had five acres out there by Hoover Reservoir, which is the water, I think. And uh, we were, we went out this day and we were just went out and we had uh, something we'd cut down a little maple sapling, a very small tree, and we sharpened the end of it and we were acting like we were throwing the spear. And I didn't think about it before, but, uh, we were throwing it in like a small little bale of hay and where we were, there were no fields. There were no farm fields where this hay would come from. But I didn't think about that way, you know, maybe a year ago, but we were sitting there throwing at that. And 
and uh, when we had thrown up once and all of a sudden beyond us, almost straight ahead of us, uh, there were a batch of trees, a, a grove of trees. And beyond that was an open field, I believe, because the sun, you could see the sun shining behind the trees. Well, that particular thing made what we saw and heard mostly, mostly what I remember is what I heard. And, uh, uh, but this thing stood up. I, I, I saw it stood up and it was a silhouette. And that was because of the sun that was behind the trees. It stood up and I think it was trying to scare us on purpose um, because it's held its arms out. I remember the arms were held out straight out each side and it roared and screamed something that just gives you this jahibis right now, if you think about it. And um, we took off a running and uh, it, it's, uh, um, like about the first time that uh, I was able to keep up with my older brother. <laughs> Going home, we ran home and we told mom and dad, and they acted like it was nothing. I mean, they probably thought we were seeing uh, another animal out there, a creature, bears, or something. And uh, so, because of that, I didn't really think too much more about it. But uh, it was, I I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe 200 feet. I, I'm not very good at the estimation from the memory, but it was, but it was a, I think it stood about eight foot or at least eight foot or so high. And uh, I don't remember, I drew it, I drew it and it was on the, the website, but, but I didn't draw long arms because so that didn't stand out for me, the long arms of a Bigfoot. But it, it was definitely something pretty weird. And then when you heard it, you knew it wasn't uh, a bear. No, yeah. a combination of a scream and a, and a lion roaring or something. Yeah, <laughs> you got Bigfoot for get off my lawn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, I'm I'm with Michael. He's sensible. We're the runners. We're the ones who run <laughs> and get out of town. Yeah. <laughs> we live here in Parkersburg now. And we got together. Um, he had his story, and I had my story, and um, we thought maybe there was something here in these woods because we were hearing all kinds of weird things. So uh, what was the first experience? Do you remember? Was it the skull? Yeah, is that the first one? I believe, yeah, I think the, the, one of the main ones. I think was it, uh, when the, the shadow was coming up the road. Oh, uh, we were coming in from the grocery store and we didn't have light out front at the time. And uh, something walked up on me up over the hill. I was coming down towards the house and it walked up and it was something large, tall, and I dropped the groceries and ran <laughs> and screamed. He thought I had fallen. And then he heard something in the middle of the night. I had gone up to go to the bathroom. When I got back, I went right to sleep, which usually I don't do that, but I did. And then he woke me up. He said, did you hear that? And I'm like, and I think that, uh, Sometimes the, the, the paranormal doesn't want one to hear one thing or see something. They put something over on us that we can't move or we can't see or we don't want. They, they go after one person telepathically and tell them what you heard. <laughs> well, uh, before I get to that, there was, I've, uh, I've investigated for MUFON. For a while, so I've investigated uh, over 30, 30 some cases before I stopped, um, and that was a similar thing to what I was hearing. Not only for them, but the Roundtown UFO Society I investigated for them too, 
but that was one of the things you always hear. One person would hear it and one person wouldn't. So uh, anyway, she had gone to the bathroom and I had gone after her and she was just getting in the bed when I got back. And right when I was getting ready to go around the bed, I heard that sort of that lion, that roar and scream and uh, you know, chills up your back type thing that you hear. And I, I scared me again. And, and uh, I said, man, that thing must be right there at the back door. It was probably what, 30 feet, 30 feet from us at the back of the stand, maybe standing <laughs> at the back door. Because, uh, you know what? I, I think though, of all the things that I've read about Bigfoot, uh, I hear a lot of people talking about it being telepathic. Um, the telepathic, well, some people will hear them actually speaking to them somehow and uh, they can understand what they're saying. And, uh, but I, I just heard this bodacious growl and this roar. And, um, I know there was a book that, uh, I had read Tom Powell, I think his Mm -hmm. name is. And, uh, he had talked about that where he thought there's telepathic stuff going on and, and portals and, and different things that the Bigfoot would come in and out of. That's why they can, you know, people see him disappearing when they had a beat on them with a rifle, you know, different things like that. But uh, uh, that is uh, something that scared me pretty bad, but I still had enough in me to go out later a little bit later <laughs> to go out the door and then start looking around and i went down the road and we have a gravel road it's in front of the house and we i walked down there and i didn't see anything and uh, and i'm glad uh, i think i don't know what i'd done if i had seen it but um i came back and we never did see anything beyond that uh on that episode we had another episode at this house where in our bedroom, we have, we kept the, it was the time of year that you could keep your windows open. And as we were laying there talking, uh, all of a sudden this real strong smell and you know, the, it's, it wasn't a skunk cause it really didn't smell like a skunk, but it was a real strong odor that just enveloped the room. Oh, right. I mean, it was just, you know, something dead or wet dog or yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, oh, it was bad. <laughs> What 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 you say? Maybe five minutes. Five minutes, and it was gone. Yeah, it's just like, it was like it, something just went by the window. Is what wow. we're wondering. Well, somebody and, has uh, a real bad bo. They're gone, <laughs> <laughs> and you're glad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like something a skunk would do. It was just something no. with a skunk would even spray, but it would be around. It, Does a skunk walk around stinking like that? No, I not that bad. Don't. I don't know. So that was something. Scott. That was something that's strange too. Um, and then there was another night that we were sleeping there and we, I don't know if we were asleep. Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> anyway, all of a sudden I swear there was like three uh, coyotes right outside our window, just howling to beat hell. And it was like this for a look, it's like a moment of madness. And I swear I don't, you know, this thing has me, wondering about my sanity sometimes because I don't, I know I don't imagine these things, you know, I don't imagine that, that big loud roar. No, no. I don't imagine that. And, um, and then, uh, then we had some other stuff. We were out on the trail. 
we had uh, we had found on the trail that we were walking on a regular kind of regular basis it's back here behind the house and there was a the woods. there was a uh, like a log that was about four inches in diameter maybe mm-hmm. and it stood about what was it, about five six foot tall mm-hmm. and this thing was standing right smack dab in the middle of the trail perpendicular straight perpendicular and shoved down in the ground about well, okay, s- I think it was more like six mm-hmm. but uh, it was shoved in there. but it was and it was blunt and it was blunt on the end of it, it wasn't sharp and you couldn't see anything, any of the earth or the grass or anything disturbed around it. So here's this, here's this big log, well, some skinny log standing straight up. And I, we think that's territorial thing. I think we, you know, we were getting ideas that there was territorial going on. Didn't tell him about the skull. Um, this at the time he was still living in Iceville. I am just coming down and seeing. And, um, we took a walk out into the woods and uh, part way out through there up in a tree about six, five or six feet up in a tree yeah. was a deer skull. It was like an eight point buck. It had the, the antlers and everything. It was just like something had taken it and stuck it up there so that we would see it. So came back and he went. We home. left it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said. You know, we should have took that skull. He said, "Will you go back I was out?" I home, tell, calling her, and telling her. <laughs> Will you go back out and get it? And I said, "Sure, I'll go back out there." I I live in those woods, and my daughter says, "You're going to get eaten, Mom." And I said, "Yeah, well, probably." But um, I went back out there to get it about three in the afternoon, and I had trouble getting it. I finally got up there and got it, and put it in a, a Walmart bag and was carrying it back. And I thought, "Well, I'll go through the creek." instead of back out through the path because I just like to look through the creek and stuff. Just walking through the creek and I heard rustling in the woods behind me and in the multiflora bushes. And um, I thought it sounded like a wild pig or dogs fighting. I thought, what in the world? Sounds like, like, what is that? And it got louder and louder and the bushes were rustling. And so I sat down on a rock and leaned against a tree and that, then I heard, and uh, there was two of them. They were talking back and forth like they were fighting. Oh, thought, what is that? And I thought it has to be big, it has to. And then I heard a giant roar, like one of them got its way, and the the other one was mad, and it took off. And it was kind of like, why'd you let her have it? Yeah, she wanted it. We put it up there for her, and she came back and she got it to let her have it. But I didn't want her to have it. That's what it kind of. I love that you sat down and listened to it and was like, all right, what's going on? So I started chanting. I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought, well, if they hear me doing that, maybe they'll leave me alone. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was kind of scary. And and then one time I was talking on the phone to him and it was pouring rain. I was on the porch and it was dark and something up over the hill there through a big piece of concrete about um, asphalt. asphalt. And there's not a whole lot of that around here. I don't know where it came from. Right down in front. Bang. Down the road in front of me. So, wow. And, uh, 
then I saw a shadow, just the outline of it, at night one time I was walking the dog about 10 o'clock. And we hear owls and coyotes and stuff, and, and they get closer and closer. And the other night about 5.30, we heard three. And uh, it's just unusual out of, you know, we've mm -hmm. lived here three years. I've been here four. And uh, know what the sounds are and stuff here in the creek. We have a fellow now that is, he's uh, bought some property adjacent to ours, and he's up on the hill, and he's clearing the woods. Oh. So, so a lot of the stuff has really slowed down. We don't we don't hear things or see things as much as we used to. That's so I think that's one of the reasons why. That's yeah. sad. We still continue to see and find uh, structures, but it's on the other side. It's more towards, what is that, the east, the southeast, where I'm going to walk out that way. Yeah. We're surrounded by big. good thick woods, 300 acres. Mm -hmm. you know, nice. Yeah. So this is rough, enough room for one of them to exist or a few of them to exist. And we have tree knockings and, you know, something that sounds kind of like a cow. You There's heard, no you cows. Cameron heard <laughs> Cameron. before I got here. You, you, she, we have a friend named Cameron Jones. And uh, he's also, he's been on podcasts and different things too. Uh, he came over to experience what she was experiencing. They were sitting out on the veranda. We have a, it's a, our house is on built into a side of a hill and uh, there's a veranda, but basically it's a three stories high and, but there's it's all screened in. And you told me, well, go ahead and tell me you, you guys were sitting there. We were sitting there and it was about 11 o'clock and I'm like, well, I don't think we're going to have any more noise or anything. We heard a few things. And I said, I'm just going to give it a knock. And it went knock, knock, knock. And on a tree right below us, it went knock, knock, knock. <laughs> just one of these uh, shag bar kickery nut trees right beside the house. Probably 50, 75. So Maybe not that far. That's, and then we walk yeah. and walk out there earlier in the evening. And he thought I was behind him. We didn't have flashlight. And I went over into the woods a little bit. And he started talking. I said, who are you talking to? He said, where are you? Aren't you over here beside me? And I said, no. I'm, I'm, and I walked up in front of him. He said, well, there was something over here on the other side of me. It wasn't you. And I said, no, it wasn't me. <laughs> oh, boy. There's all kinds of stuff out here. That's, yeah, sounds like it. Okay, can I tell them about the coyotes? Yes, you may tell about the coyotes. Okay. Um, this is a lovely piece of synchronicity. Um, <laughs> so y'all are not crazy for having coyotes outside your bedroom window. Um, <laughs> I Christmas Eve or the, the night before Christmas Eve during a difficult time in mom and I's lives, it was not going to be a great Christmas that year. Um, we looked outside the living room window and in the snow, it had just started snowing. There was the biggest coyote I have ever seen about what, seven feet away from us, just straight yep. out the window. Yep. And this is, this is funny because we're mom and I are part native me more than her. Cause I get it on both sides of the family. Yeah, me too. Um, so, there you go. and I more or less belong to coyote he has taken an interest in my life i belong to a trickster god so i see coyotes all the time there's actually a pack that comes down into the park by our place 
Wow. And we live in town. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm we on have the them edge of town. Yeah. But they'll they'll come sing and I'll howl back at them. And my dog and my boyfriend both hate me for this because they come closer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. But you know, so I, I think that's kind of cool that my my furry brothers and sisters visit you guys too. Yeah, that was really that was really strange. Yeah, coyote it sounded so close. It sounded so close to the window, and there's an air conditioner out there, right there by the window. So yeah. it and would be loud. Yeah, that is pretty cool. We, when we get uh, them in the yard. Yeah, yeah, they live out in the country. I live in the middle of nowhere, north of uh, Columbus, between Delaware and Marysville. In a reclaimed black swamp, so wow. we have a lot. It's uh, a lot of farmland, and we bought a plot of the farmland and then planted trees and are trying to bring it back to its original uh, state. But that's great. Yeah, I heard one of you mentioned Pataskala. Yes, that was me. We uh, uh, we used to live there. My husband and I. Um, back in 2002 to 2004, we lived there. Um, that was the first house we bought. It was out on Black's Road. So we were right down the road from where Harriet Beecher Stowe's family's farm was. And in fact, our, our piece of property was part of the woodlot to that farm at one point. Um, and, uh, we had eight acres of woods that our house was built up against, but there was 80 acres that was owned by other people. And the people next to us owned a large chunk of that 80 acres. And then there was like 300 acres behind that, that people they knew owned. Um, and uh, the people next to us were horse, horseback riders. And so they would trail ride through those woods all the time. And uh, the, the man who owned the horses was really, really a very cool person. Um, <laughs> silly little story. Um, we had lived there for about a week. And there's a creek that went right next to our house. There was a ravine about 30 feet down. And then at the bottom was the creek. And our house was about 20 feet from the ravine. And uh, I heard the sound of... Uh, BB gunfire coming from echoing from my ravine. And so I go out there and I look down and there's these three kids with little BB rifles shooting something in the Creek. And I was like, what y'all doing? <laughs> and they looked up and they were like, Oh, we're shooting frogs. And I'm like, Aww. Oh no, you're not, not in my Creek. <laughs> I don't know who you are. <laughs> Get out frogs. of my Creek. And one of them said, well, the people who used to live there used to just let us, you know, run around and shoot things in these woods. I said, they don't own these yeah. woods anymore. These are yeah. my woods. Yeah. I was like, you, you know, you get out. <laughs> and uh, one, the oldest one, he looked to be about 17. Turned out he was about 16, but he's old enough to know better. And he sort of drew himself up to argue with me. And I just reached down and picked up a rock. And I was like, kid, <laughs> don't make me. I was like, I grew up in the country. <laughs> I throw real good. And he looked at me and goes, well, I'm going to go talk to dad. I'm like, you go right ahead. Well, what happened was, is he went 
and talked to his dad. He was very offended that I might've thrown a rock at him. And then about 20 minutes later, in comes his dad with his kids looking all ashamed. And uh, he said, I brought my boys to apologize to you for shooting frogs in hmm. your creek. Good. That's awesome. And uh, then we got to be friends. And it turned out that he knew where the coyotes that lived around our place denned. And he wouldn't tell any of the farmers where it was because he didn't want them to come out and shoot them. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we had uh, foxes out there. Um, I ended up, I was out in the woods every day. Sometimes I mm -hmm. took my huskies with me. Sometimes I had a cat follow me because our outdoor cat would you know, like us. follow That's along us. with me. And uh, sometimes I was out by myself and uh, it was really a beautiful piece of woods, but you know, I never saw anything strange that was unnatural out there. I know you did. <laughs> I see you over there. Uh, I never saw the strange things, but one night at about one in the morning, I was cooking dinner because at this point, my husband and I, he was a uh, freelance artist and I was a freelance writer. So, and it was before my, my 14 year old was born and it was before Morgana was living with us. She was still in Charleston. So, you know, we could do whatever we wanted whenever we wanted. So, you know, we'd do ridiculous crap, like eat dinner at, you know, one in the morning. So I was making beans and rice and we had wall to wall windows in this house so you could you could see the woods it was beautiful it sounds yeah, like here yeah, yeah it does look a lot like the way your house looks from the pictures i saw and uh i hear something and i'm like what are my dogs going on about coyote must be out there i heard this long low howl but i look mm. out the the kitchen window out onto the patio and my dog is just sitting there not howling but she's looking towards the woods and i was like and then Zach came running down the stairs. He said, you hear that? And I said, yeah. And so we go out onto the porch, onto the patio, and then you can really hear it. And it's that noise that you heard, Michael, that, that roar. That, yep, low and long and so loud. And my dogs were terrified. And they were never afraid of anything except people. Um, my, one dog wasn't afraid of anything at all. And then the other one had been abused. Baby. Yeah. One had been abused. So she was afraid of people and she was closer to the woods. So Zach was like, what is that? That's my husband. And he was like, he does not experience things very often. And if he does, he usually hears it. Like he's heard weird phantom music out in the woods and stuff like that. But this no. was something it, that was beyond his experience. And, and I was like, one of us has to go get Nan because she was only about 10 feet from the woods. She was at the end of the house. That's where her dog house was. And he said, I'm, I'm not going. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm not going. <laughs> I said, well, I'll, go. I'll go. So I, I grabbed the flashlight. And that's when I realized you could hear something moving in the woods, running back and forth really fast. And it was a one, two gate. It wasn't four legged or if it was four legged, it was trotting. Um, 
Yeah. yeah. So it was one, two, one, two. It wasn't one, two, three or one, two, three, four. Um, you can tell I used to ride horses and, uh, I was like, Oh, Oh, I did not like that. And I could see bushes and undergrowth moving. And I, it, it wasn't that far from me, but I was like that poor dog. And I couldn't see where she was. And finally I get out there. I've got my flashlight. I'm going to, I'm going to look. So I turn on the flashlight. Of course it dies. Um, <laughs> so I have a crap flashlight that's not working and I'm like, well, I guess I can throw it at it if it comes out. And I'm trying to find Nan. And Nanny was hidden behind the heat pump, the outside part of the heat pump, between the heat pump and the, the house. And she was not moving. She would not look up. Her ears were flat against her head. She would not look up. She wouldn't, she wouldn't look, her tail was tucked. She wouldn't look towards the woods and she was not afraid of any animal. And she had a high prey drive. She would chase deer. She nearly tore my arm out of my socket three or four times trying to catch a deer. And uh, she was just terrified. And, but at the same time, there was a part of me that was like, I want to know what it is. I want to see it. And so I took a step and Zach is like going, Hey, just get the dog. Come on, just get the dog, bring the dog, just get the dog. And I looked back at him. I said, you got, just dial nine one one and don't hit send and just, you know, be ready. And he was like, we live out in the country. What are you? And I'm like, just, and I started (laughs) to take a walk and Nan looked up at me and kind of whined as if to say, you know, don't do that. Mom, don't do that. You and are I looked, on your own. I looked down at her and I went, okay, you're right. And then it it's, but that howling went on and on. It's like, I got, at that point, after looking at her eyes, I, I actually got truly scared when I realized. They speak of, what? Yeah, they speak, they speak of something that the Bigfoot, they believe that, well, they call it the, um, where they speak in, or they can make a noise that human, normal humans can't hear. Yeah. But yet it's a, they're it's able to know. I think it's a very low, uh, but it's, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but. Infrasound. You feel it. Pardon me? Yes. It's called infrasound. Mm-hmm. Yes. Infrasound. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the dogs are probably more it. sensitive to us, you know, than us. And uh, I wonder, I was about ready to ask you, did you feel anything? like that. Yeah. I, I started when I, when I got actually afraid, truly afraid is when I started to feel this sort of like a pressure on my chest. And that was when I was like, "Mm, you know, no, 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 no. And I just unhooked her and had her by the collar and she nearly dragged me to the house. She never liked to go in the house. She always liked to stay outside, but man, as soon as she knew she was loose, she was like, okay, mom, let's go. You know, it's time to go. Time yeah. to go. She yeah. dragged me to the house and in we went. We we let the other one in. And it was just nerve-wracking because that sound just kept going and going and going. And it it sort of like when Kendra says she could hear her she couldn't hear herself speaking when she was saying Brian's name over and over. All I could hear was that noise, even in the house with the door shut and the windows shut. I could still hear it. And of course I'm sitting here going, 
our house is basically made of glass. You know, it's all of these windows. If it should want to come in, there's nothing that's going to stop that. It's just, we're sort of, it's like a formality. We might as well be in a tent, you know, (laughs) Let's hope it's like yeah. a vampire and it has to ask permission because <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't have to ask permission, we're screwed. And uh, it was it was scary. And it did finally stop. And when it stopped, you know, by this time I burnt the beans and rice. And, <laughs> you know, I think we had sandwiches for dinner. And, uh you know, we're both pacing around and I was like, what was that? What was that? So we started listening to sound files on the internet. Zach was upstairs on his big, he, he does music. So he had his big monitor speakers and he was playing different animal sounds, you know, and I was doing animal sounds on my laptop. You know, I looked up everything that I could think of that lives in Ohio plus crap that hasn't been here for, you know, hundreds of years I mean, we have elk because we have elk farms. So I'm, you know, I'm looking up elk and no, they make a weird whistling, strange sound. I'm like, I'm looking up wild boar, like wild boar could maybe make a sound like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild boar. No, it's not wild boar. Oh, well, you know, I'm going to actually just look up a grizzly bear just in case some douchebag had a pet grizzly bear and it got loose, which turned (laughs) out to to happen, you know, years (laughs) later, there was a guy not far from us who did have a damned grizzly bear and it, you know, he let it loose <laughs> at one point. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Gosh. That's pretty horrifying. So I listened to the bear. No, that's not the same sound. And then finally I gave up, I was eating my sandwich and then the sound came from upstairs and I was like, that's it. That's it. And I was like, Zach, what is it? What is it? And he was like, uh, it's a, uh, it's Bigfoot. No, I said, fuck you, it is not. (laughs) Because the whole time my brain is going, that's Bigfoot. While I'm standing out there, that's Bigfoot, that's Bigfoot. And my other half of my brain is going, oh, be quiet. No, it's not. You know, don't don't be like Mulder. Be like Scully and say it's not Bigfoot. No, no, it's not. It's not. And then he said, no, really, it is. And I'm like, really? And he was like, yeah. And so I ran up the stairs and looked at the sound file and it was one of the Sierra sounds from the 1970s by Ron Moorhead. And then we heard another one that was an old one that Matt Moneymaker had recorded in Ohio. And the whoop. Yeah. And it wasn't like that one, but it Ohio hell. Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yeah, that's that's it. That's yeah. And the closest one I've heard is actually one from West Virginia that was recorded about three years ago. I have a link to it so I can, is you know, this the one you sent me in the middle of the night and my dumb ass listened to it yep. on the porch with my good headphones on at yeah. two in the morning. Yeah. That one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one. Really that's exactly that terrible what it plan. Yeah. That's the exact one that, that Zach and I heard. And to this day, he still, when he talks about it, his voice changes. Zach is just like, I, I heard that. (laughs) And uh, so I, I do know what that said. As soon as you described it, it's like a lion and a howl and a roar all at the same time. Yeah. 
I don't like it. It's creepy. It's very, very <laughs> creepy. We had a, a person by the name of B Mills. I don't know if you've heard of B Mills. She's a uh, investigator, a member of BFRO, mm -hmm. Bigfoot Field Researcher. Oh, yeah, we there. called them too. Yeah. The yeah. next day. And she came to she came to one of our meetings for the Roundtown UFO Society in Circleville. And she had some recordings and she had some stories where the Bigfoot were just, you know, it's like they weren't afraid of anybody. They were outside people's houses and throwing rocks at them. And, oh. and uh, you know, and they were just, you know, so it's, it's, there's a lot of stories where that kind of thing goes on. That makes me wonder, you know, if it's territorial. Oh, I'm sure. But, you I'm know, sure. It, is it, but the people, the houses had to be there. Yeah. I don't know if they had just yeah. moved in or, or why would it be that all of a sudden they just want to just make sure that everybody just gets away from them? They probably took their skull that was hanging up. In yeah. the tree. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't leave anything in repayment. Maybe we started yeah. taking apples out there. Yeah, yeah we started <laughs> trying to gift them the apples. And, oh. I don't think we ever did. Well, and I wonder how much of it is encroachment too. Yeah. Yeah. Just we're out there more. Yeah. 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 We wonder sometimes wonder people wonder, you know, if they if you don't see them in the winter. I know people see them all times of the year, but sometimes they they seem to disappear for a while. Yeah. And I I'm I guess I'm just maybe I just want to believe that they can go these they can go through portals and move and, and be wherever they want to be. Um it's a paranormal part of the Bigfoot. And many, a lot, quite a few people saying that those things, strange things, are going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, um, but I'm not. But I wonder. I wonder if they, if they are too cold, maybe they can just go to Hawaii or something. You know. <laughs> I am not anti-woo. I am. I used to. I actually used to believe Bigfoot is an ape. It's 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 a, a an unknown humanoid or parahuman type ape and that's all it is and then after i heard that i was kind of mm -hmm. like oh maybe not <laughs> and then the more i read about other people's experiences the more i was like you know i mean there's no reason that we can't have an ape but also something else you know it it, yeah. it, it too many people see weird lights with it. Too many people have it disappear right in front of them. You know, you can't cherry pick your data. I, no. I, I am, I'm, I stand beside Jacques Vallée who told J. Allen Hynek back in the day, I know you don't like the high strangeness cases. I know you don't like it when people see UFOs over and over. And I know you really don't like it when they have psychic experiences afterwards, but <laughs> you can't throw that data out. Yeah. What do you think about the relationship of UFOs and Bigfoot? Well, you know, a lot of people see them not necessarily at the same time, but in very close succession. I have a tendency to believe it because we had, I had seen a UFO in that property over the area of the woods where we were at when I, we'd seen it. So I kind of tend to, you know, plus yeah. the red, you know, you read people saying that there's relationships and, uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm actually curious. Have you ever seen like a translucent blob? 
A translucent blob? It's just a translucent blob that kind of is a couple feet off the ground and just kind of moves with a gentle sway. I have it. A circular or in what type of a shape? It, it's not, it's indistinct. It's kind almost like what the old fashioned ghost, what you would think would be a ghost. Yeah, sort of. I've seen a lot of words. Now, my father said he saw it wasn't a blob, but he said he saw something that looked like a cube that was translucent and just dis just appear in the road right in front of him. And then he, I don't think he said he could see anybody in it, but he said it 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 came up in front of him, and then the next thing he knows, hits farther on down the road. Ooh, mm, wow! So and the same thing is going. It's just moving around. Uh, we had a case, there was a case in Circleville where we, we have the uh, lights, uh, actually a couple of our members saw this light that was, they were going up 23, going mm -hmm. down 23. And uh, they were, as they were coming down, they saw a light that was over on their, I think it was their east, the east side. Okay. So, yeah. And uh, it, it actually came across 23 and they watched this light just go right across the the road and uh, there's there's some there's quite a few uh sightings that happen in long in the circleville area yeah and i've yeah. i've got some records i got some records of those things happening but there's lights and the light in mounds oh yep the road is similar to something that uh, something that's been seen across 71. what's that the uh, light crossing the road that you're talking about is, it sounds like something I've heard reported along I 71 south towards uh, Cincinnati, too. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. It's, these lot, things, go ahead. A lot of people think that those things are entities, that they, they aren't just, um, you know, like a spaceship. Like that thing I saw, I felt like it had poked my mind or probed my mind that the smaller object that I saw, it was like it was alive. The, all and the I've heard UFOs, other people say that. All the UFOs I've ever seen have, none of them have had the appearance of manufactured anything. Right. Mm -hmm. they, they are, they're like solid light. Mm -hmm. That's how that yeah. thing was. And they do seem they don't move like a ship or a plane mm -hmm. would like not just because of physics but like you know when you see a car move you can tell something's controlling it mm -hmm. versus when you see like a horse on its own or i think a better one would be you know how you can tell when somebody's riding a horse versus when a horse is just running mm -hmm. i have horses <laughs> Like so exactly, I, which is why I'm using that. Like you, you know how you can. There is a very faint difference because, like, the horse on its own is going where it's going, but if you're telling a horse where to go, there's always that like minuscule like hesitation. Like yeah, there's like it's not quite as fluid, and that's always how they've looked to me. They never Definitely. look. Yeah. If if some if some if they are a craft of some sort, the way that they're flown has got to be like some weird melding mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. of whatever's mm-hmm. flying them's mind into it because it looks like they move like as quickly as thought. They're like mm-hmm. the inclination. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Yeah. They're they're like that's the shadow right. ships from uh, yeah. Babylon Five that that the processing unit is a human mind or something, yeah. or they're just themselves are intelligent. I, I yeah, I don't. I don't dis- disagree with you on that, that some of the lights do act like entities, not like. Um, well, and we were talking crafts. to them up at the ridges and they were doing stuff back at us, which. Yeah. 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 Before the cops showed up and we realized we really should not be watching for UFOs with my 14 year old <laughs> sibling in the middle of the night at an old insane asylum when we hadn't asked permission to do that but it was a high point. Well, that sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it reminds me, it, it reminds me of a, a story. I was, I was, uh, I have these little recorders that I use when I go out on investigations. Mm-hmm. They're just like little flash drives, yeah. but you can turn them on and they'll record for almost like eight hours. Oh, nice. So you can give people stories. I've got quite a few stories in recorded, but uh, I was walking through, uh, Hargis Lake, there's a park and, uh, I was going along the trails and I came across a couple of men who were hunting and I didn't normally see them hunting on the trail. They were just walking back, I guess. And I asked them, I had my camera and I had like 10 of those around my neck testing them. Cause I just, I had just gotten them. I wanted to make sure they were all working. And, uh, I stopped them and asked them if I could take a picture because, you know, I don't normally see people with shotguns on the, on the trail. They said, yeah. And then they asked me, what do you, what are you, what are all those things around your neck? And I said, they're recorders because I'm an investigator from MUFON and uh, I'm, I'm just testing them to find out if they're, if they actually are all going to work. He says, well, and I asked him his name. He says, my name is Zach space. And it was kind of a joke at the time because I laughed. (laughs) And, and, uh, but I've got his story, his his story recorded. And, and uh, I think you can see that on around town in somewhere in there. And I was going to suggest that if you guys want some stories, his story is bodacious. I was I mean, going to say, so- I swear I know Zach space. I yeah. I've heard that name. Well, his son, I think is in politics. Yeah. That may be where. Yeah. His nephew or something. Yeah. Maybe his nephew, but uh, he saw, he said he was a policeman at the time up by Lake Erie. And he said uh, he was called out on a on a sighting. Somebody had called in. He had to go out, and they told him to go into the police office. So they didn't want to pronounce it, you know, announce it over the radio. Anyway, he ended up going out to where these people had thought they had seen something strange in the sky. Well, he ended up seeing. He said what he saw twenty around twenty of these UFOs. <laughs> And they said they were as big as Walmart or big as, as Kmart. Wow. And they were, they were around, they were around uh, high pin, high tension power lines. Yep. And he said that um, they, these things would come down there and sit over top of it and end up glowing as bright that they looked like they were going to pop or something. Oh, and boy. then they take off one after the other. And then, and when you guys were talking about the round orbs or whatever, he said there were three of those that were following the lines and they went went right on down to the uh, uh, lines all the way in and then ended up going down into the water. And he watched them go down into the water. I'm not surprised. 
to hear any and, of that. But if you if you get a chance, he would be a good interview. Yeah. And, and it's 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 a heck of a story. He's got some uh, Bigfoot stuff too. Uh, it's story that he's got some Bigfoot stories. From Salt Fork. Yeah, Salt Fork. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know and, um, that that the lights and the pylons, the UFOs and the pylons. Mm -hmm. Now this wasn't in uh, Mason. This was in Putnam County, and I used to spend summers out at my grandparents' farm. And they had a ridge top farm. So it was the whole ridge along um, over top the Kanaw River. Um, you couldn't mm -hmm. see the river from up there. It was too far inward from it, but it it's over top the river. And uh, my grandpa used to sit and watch lights follow the pylons on the ridge top opposite mm -hmm. him. And they would do the same thing. They would glow. They'd get brighter these big orbs, big round orbs, and they just slow down and hover over it and then get brighter and brighter and then go. And my grandpa is one of the ones that I inherited some weirdness from. Um, he, he was a dowser. He could, mm. he, he was a water witch. He would go and whenever somebody was going to dig a new well, they'd call him and he'd take his forked stick and his copper bent rods and find the water. And he found out one summer that I could do it too. Um, he could never wear a watch. Watches would break whenever he wore them. He, he never did have a computer. If he had one, he'd have broke it. Um, sort of the way she, she, kind of, she kind of affects <laughs> the electronics. Too. Yeah, I, I do that. too. I, I, I'm infamous <laughs> for it. Um, you know, uh, he, he was really very, very interesting. And then, um, uh, my grandmother was part native American. And so, um, it, it, that combination seems to have caused some genetics to kind of pass down through their children and then their grandchildren and great grandchildren. It seems to be going on. And on, but yeah, he used to watch the weird lights, as he called them. Um, so I, I, I'm not surprised to hear, and I'm not surprised to hear about them going into Lake Erie. I've read some other accounts of uh, lights coming into and out of the lake. Yeah. And they were they they went in to check those towers out, and um, he said one of the strange things they found was you know they they paint I guess these particular towers were painted some way. He said that the paint looked like it had melted. Mm -hmm. but, but the strange part about that was that when it melted, it didn't go down. It went up. Oh, so wow. it melted like it was flowing up instead of wow. down. So gravity got fascinating. Yeah. messed up. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. That's mm -hmm. really, really wild. Hmm. I had a, a UFO sighting and uh, I think it was 2006 and I was still working with the Roundtown UFO Society and uh, uh, I had to go to work. It was like six o'clock in the morning and I was just a little bit late and I had stayed up late because I I'd, I'd worked on the computer a lot and it was wee hours in the morning. So I got up and I was still sleepy and I got in the car. I went down to the road. We had a one road, dead end road subdivision. So I get up there, got stopped at the, main road outside of it 
and I saw this light that was going horizontally straight across the, the, the sky and it was down low. And I was so slap happy. I said, if you're a UFO, show me. Right. Right. When it said that, the thing stopped and started coming at me. Oh, <laughs> and I said, okay. And then, uh, I, but I couldn't, you know, I was late and, and I, I just couldn't wait to wait to see what happened. So I took off down the road and I lost track of it. I lost track of it about two miles going to the north because I worked in Columbus at the time and went two miles north. And then I turned to go east, uh, west towards 23. And I didn't see it all that time at all. And I was wondering what was going on. But right when I turned, as getting real close to 23, there it was, pop. There it is. The light was going across the, and it was down low. And I think it was maybe 100 feet or so at the time above, high. And uh, uh, I watched it, and, I, and it turned to the north. So I turned the corner and watched it. And it went down to, a, there used to be a Super America, now it's Speedway now. But and it's it like went over that, and I watched it hurl, it watched it circle around the, the uh, speedway, and I, I thought it was strange. So I pulled over into the the parking area, and um, I looked up. When I when I looked up, I could see well. It was two lights, and I can't remember if it was white and red or white and green. But I looked up, and there was I could see what looked like the underplating of a I think it was like 100 feet, not 100 feet, but I don't know if it was, I'm diving distances, 150, 200 feet maybe. Um, but I could see, uh, you ever seen a like a skid plate or a, you ever see the hatches that would just slide open? Mm -hmm. Flat hatches of metal. That's sort of what it reminded me of. I could hear, I could hear a whir. It wasn't any, because I, after I started thinking about it and looking at it and thinking about what it could be, maybe because Rickenbacker was not too far. Yeah. Right? And, um, hey, yeah, um, yeah, maybe. Um, I didn't hear any, I didn't hear any blade flapping like a helicopter. Right. You know? And, um, so I, I really don't know what that was, but it was, it was a strange moment in, uh, I've got that as a, one of the sightings. So I, I have no idea what it was. That was one of my, one of my moments. So has your dog ever heard anything outside or reacted to anything out there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she, she'll, <laughs> she'll start barking at something. I wouldn't things bothers me is when she starts looking across the room at something that I can't see. Oh, I hate that. Admittedly, the last time that happened, it was my cat and my dog, and it was a well, female mouse <laughs> that had moved into the, the hot water heater closet that I didn't realize was there, and my boyfriend didn't tell me about for two weeks until finally I was like, what are you two staring at? What's, it, what's in the house? And he's like, honey, there's a mouse. <laughs> what do you mean there's a mouse there's a mouse it's been there for two weeks i saw it run under <laughs> the door and i'm like why didn't you tell me and let me scare myself for this long and he's like because you're funny when you're freaked out you know i was gonna say 
<laughs> Linda, Linda has heard knocking before I before I before I met her. She tells me a story where she's heard knocks in the walls of the house. House noises, I guess you call them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my. So uh, I know there are certain things that the plumbing will do, but she said she had one. Well, she wasn't using the plumbing. Like so there's a lot of strange things. Yeah, my uh, my younger kid on Halloween night called me upstairs and was like, I heard something knock on the, on the outside wall. And I went, well, you know, it is Halloween. <laughs> and uh, he's Halloween like, Oh yeah, but can you just sit here with me for, I was, I'll sit here with you for a while, but it, it's probably not going to do it again. Don't worry about it. Yeah, Don't, don't worry. It's just the house ghost. Don't, don't be upset. I don't know why he still worries. The thing on the stairs lives like right outside his room. It, the the thing on the stairs, stairs doesn't scare him though. That's, that's true. a known. That's been there the, forever. The thing on the stairs is also a sweetheart. Whatever the thing on the stairs is. Yeah, we don't know. There's a. Oh, sorry. There's a thing that lives on the stairs in our house, and it's been here since we've been here. An um, animal, animal spirit. It, maybe. Maybe mm-hmm. it seems to be bipedal. It's bipedal because when I saw it. Our kids were chasing each other this way, uh, clockwise around the table, and mm-hmm. then it ran a lap counterclockwise. And it oh. was what it looked like to you, shadowy or shadowy, bald, not really human, honest, bipedal, symmetrical. I mean, it was little. It was like. I don't know how to describe it. It was just like this little thing that was playing with the kids. <laughs> it, it looks because I've seen it, seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, not well. Okay. You will understand what I'm talking about where you see things, but mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's, it's. It's how you do when you read somebody. You yeah. Get in your mind's eye. But yeah. yeah, but also somewhat overlaid. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I see when I've seen it, it's been either as a shadow, um, like a quick shadow form that I've mm-hmm. very quickly seen it, or like a little dart, or it'll peek around things. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But I've actually seen it as colored sparkles, like in air, describing mm-hmm. its yeah. shape. And it does, it's, it's about child sized. Yeah. Like, yeah. Three feet tall max. I think the kids were like five or six. Yeah, it's 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 about a five the size of a five year old, and it is bald and it looks. I don't know if you've ever seen any Brian Froud art. He's the one who does the fairies books. Okay, yeah. It looks like one of those. It looks like a Brian Froud creature. Yeah, that up. And it's got long fingers, like long, graceful, but very long fingers and long, but very graceful toes. And it's kind of thin and knobbly, but it's very friendly. And it just, it's, it sits on the stairs. Yes. Schmeagle. Yeah. Yes. It's not looking. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's like, like friendly looking. Yeah. Like, Smeagol, not Gollum. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going. That's yeah. exactly it. Thank you. Because I'm like, I don't know how to describe it. It's green and bald. <laughs> <laughs> I can play with kids. I don't know. But it's like, yeah. But like super yeah. friendly. And it just, it sits on the stairs and it will hang out at the top landing, yep. which is outside the my little brother's bedroom door. 
Yeah. And it'll sometimes go up and down that hallway and it'll some mm -hmm. very rarely come downstairs and yeah. it loves children and it mm -hmm. loves stories. It mm -hmm. loves it stories. It comes to the bottom of the stairs and will sit yeah. and listen when everybody's telling scary stories or stories about things wow. they've seen. Yeah. Every you can sit there and watch it sit there? Yeah. It wow. when I see it's, it, it's like a a sparkly sort of silhouette. It's not dark though. It's kind of a, a gray, sparkly sort of silhouette. I mm -hmm. never saw hair. No, um, yeah, never hair. Hair. but it does have ears. And, yes, ears. and it has elbows and knobby knees because it will sit mm -hmm. like either in the middle of the yeah. stairwell and peek around mm -hmm. the landing or it will sit close to the bottom and it will wrap its long arms around its knees and the elbows stick out and it listens. Yeah. And what's, yeah. this. what's so funny <laughs> is it used to, it used to do this all the time when we'd have our friends over because lots of our friends are experiencers. I think mm -hmm. because we sort of gravitate to each other before we even know. And then we start mm -hmm. talking and then it's like, oh, well, yeah. you know, okay. But it was so funny. We always knew when it showed up, it never made a noise, but you'd look <laughs> up and there'd be that, the elbows sticking out, sort of sitting there listening. And, and, anybody, and somebody anybody try to talk to it? Not directly to it. It seems to make it shy. Yeah, we just say, "Oh, the thing on the stairs is here," and we'll sort of say, "Hey, how's it going?" You know, and and Koi did see it peek around the TV room door last month. So it it was and yeah, it was short and it just sort of walking up the steps. <laughs> I would say good night to it. Yeah, yeah. you you yeah, always I, talk to it. I would always talk to it. I, did I ever tell you the first day I moved in with you about the laughing? Oh yeah, yeah. I think that was the thing on the stairs. I think so too. And I think it was really happy there was a kid in the house. Yeah. The first day I moved in with my mom when I was fifteen, and I moved in the very first day. We've got my bedroom mostly set up. You know, I sit. I had a loft bed. So it was one of those big beds that was up near the ceiling. And I had a desk like to do homework and stuff on underneath it with like shelves built under and a little ladder to go up. And I sat in the chair and I swiveled it and I heard something laugh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like there's really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then a little tiny skitter noise. And I saw what looked like a teeny tiny goblin thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just dart and disappear and I went immediately and was like mom there's a goblin <laughs> and I swear that was the thing on the stairs because we started the thing on the stairs very soon after yeah yeah I enjoy I enjoy hearing stories like this because like a elemental you, you hear so many stories and a lot of people think that whenever you hear or see something paranormal that's going to be malevolent. Yeah. And then, yeah. then when you when you hear people's stories, whereas they're not, they're even Bigfoot. You know, if you listen yeah. to all the stories about Bigfoot, uh, what are they doing? They're either I think they're what they're doing wanting to scare you, maybe yeah. because of the territorial. But how many times? I know these a lot of people say they've been attacked, but most of the stories or they're they're not really. I don't feel like they're or 
it's not saying that they're out there to to hurt them. Yeah, yeah. Scare yeah. them. And but the, it's good to hear the the stories where you know somebody's laughing or something. You know, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Not yeah. somebody's not being so afraid they're going to get hurt. Yeah. And oh, most no. of the most of the critters around our house seem to be calm and cheerful and I mean they're kind of weird but generally <laughs> we're used to it. Yeah, and then we have the ghost cats but yeah. We know who those are. Scared animals, yeah. yeah. Um Have you you saw Morgana, you saw a fairy? Yes. Um, uh, in Pataskala, yeah, you saw yeah. that 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 creature. Yeah, I loved those woods. I would get to go see yeah. my mom for a couple weeks every summer, and my favorites of that those summers was when they lived in Pataskala because, bless my mom for also being born and bred in West Virginia because her idea of child minding with a rambunctious <laughs> tomboy is to yeah. go go in the woods, don't come back until you're tired. <laughs> That's what we did. Yeah. I will I will yell for you when it's dinner and just go. So I would I'd be gone. I'd be shoes off, hair full of sticks. Just I was gone for hours. Frogs into the into the mud up to your knees. Yep. Yeah. Oh up to bringing home frogs. So what did the fairy look like? Well, I I knew there were fairies in those woods because I have seen them since I was a child, like a very small child. And mom told me the rules about fairies. Don't use is, the F word. Yeah, don't. I, I actually, I will only say that very rarely. Um, and it's only been as an adult. And in my mind, I'm still always like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're don't good folk. <laughs> They're the good folk or the good neighbors or the wee folk. The other crowd. Um, the um nothings. Yeah. The um nothings. <laughs> um because I would see, you know, the little the lights, the small sparkles, the colored sparkles describing air that was moving into shapes all the time. And I would also see the glowing balls about the size of my fist that were different colored lights that would appear in the apple tree behind my house in the middle of Charleston, West Virginia. Why are there little lights in the middle in my apple tree in Charleston, West Virginia, playing flute and drum at me every night? I sent them to watch over you. I know. I appreciate it. But <laughs> it was a little strange. Um, but the clearest one I've ever seen, I had been out in the woods for a good long time because mm -hmm. it was getting on towards five o'clock by the sun. Um, and this had been after this was before when Nanny dragged me into the fish pond and I came home soaking wet and muddy and you were cross with me because you had gotten tired of me coming home four times a day in wet, muddy clothes because I'd keep coming, I'd get hungry, so I'd go home, and she wouldn't let me in the house. <laughs> because spray you off first. That's how you do my kids. You gotta get I, sprayed off. Yeah. Ditch the jeans, get sprayed off, then you can have a sandwich. Yeah. And I was apparently running out of clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Too quickly. 
You didn't bring enough with you. Yeah, I had been told, try not to get completely soaking wet. So I had been, I had been trying very hard. I had my, my boys jeans rolled all the way up to my thighs. There had been no shoes and socks to begin with. No. Um, and I had successfully managed to only get the tops of my je- rolled up jeans damp all day. And I'm like, all right, I'm headed back for, you know, a snack before dinner. And I had had a great day. I'd been playing. I had found a cat's skull in the woods. I'd found some deer bones. I'd seen the minks that had suddenly moved into the creek and gotten to watch them for a while. I was having a grand old time. And I saw this log that was on the creek bed going into the ravine. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to cross the log because I'm a carefree 12 year old. (laughs) You're obviously going to cross the log over the four foot deep part of the creek in a big pool. And I'm going (laughs) across the log and I hear a woodpecker. And I, I turn to where the sound is and I can't see it. And I turn back and hopping along the side of the ravine is a little man who is about six to eight inches tall wearing a green cap with a red feather with pointed red squirrel's ears and a little human face but he looked like the and like a russet red waistcoat but the rest of him looked like he was kind of a squirrel person sort of (laughs) and i blinked and started to like turn more fully and he turned his head saw me hopped and was suddenly a robin and then i slipped off the log for no reason and fell in the pool (laughs) (laughs) that's a great story took off running and as I was running and I didn't think about this until we were talking about Bigfoot a lot recently but as I was running a big hunk of deadfall that was covered in mushrooms and moss came falling at me and I just assumed it fell out of a tree but as I've been thinking about this I'm like why would it be covered in mushrooms and moss and be soaking wet if it was up in a tree and that came that was like that yeah. was thrown at me. Right. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. that was I, something that that was something that uh, a friend Zach had said that he saw a fairly good sized log come that was thrown way way up into the sky and over his head and then towards a, a down the ravine or the lake and it was it, it's, a, it's a warning and he said yeah and he had felt that feeling though. What your story your story remind me of something my ex and my daughter told me and they said that they were we lived in Asheville and we were heading towards Columbus they were I wasn't with them at the time and uh, as they they said as they were heading towards Columbus there was a little creek or a little uh, stream there that they had to build a bridge over it and go into and cross over it to go into the farther up 23 and they said Right in the middle of that bridge, they saw what they said looked just like a leprechaun. They had, I think, it had the hat, had the the, the beard, and, uh, and all the kind. Of, and you know, you guys are pulling my leg. And they said, "No, no, 
this is really, this is something they said. It was in part of the bridge where you wouldn't be able to stand over there where it was coming up over the bridge. So, you know, I, it's just strange to hear all these strange things that, like that. And then that's what your story reminded me of. Yeah. 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 I got in so much trouble, too. I got home soaking wet. <laughs> and you were not hearing it about a little fairy man. No, I wasn't <laughs> right at that moment. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. I, I, you, your laundry was in the dryer, so you just had to walk around. And Seriously, she would not listen. She would not listen. She was a bad experiencer, Mom. She was like, you are making stuff. I'm like, no, I fell off a log because there was a fairy. You turned into a robin. And she's like, no, there wasn't. You were just playing and got wet. <laughs> No, I did believe you by the evening because you kept you kept the story, and I was like, "Yeah, and I drew it." And yeah, I drew you drew it. it. Like, you drew it, and I was like, "Yeah, that 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 doesn't look like something." And you I was like, up. "Bob, you know there are fairies in the woods." And I was like, "Oh well, yeah, that's that's true." I never saw them though, not there. I had all kinds of weird things happen, and I took photographs of all these what I called fairy houses. That were all these little nooks and crannies and hollow mm -hmm. logs and hollow trees that looked like they were built and sticks woven together, but they were all little things. You know, they weren't big Bigfoot things. They were little tiny, little very intricately looking. But, you know, that creek would flood and it would carry stuff down. Mm -hmm. You know, it would get, I think it was about four feet deep at the deepest on, on normal times. And then in the spring, we'd have a lot of rain and it would flood and it would get, like yeah, it'd get to be, you know, about, you know, six, eight feet deep in places and it would rush. And so it would carry stuff and, you know, so it would get, you know, stuck in places and then the water would recede and you'd have all these neat looking structures. So I had all of these photographs and uh, they really did look like something had built them. You know, I mean, I, I was I was posting them on a, an Internet forum I was on with a bunch of really, really. I mean, they were artists and they were creative, but they were also fairly scientifically minded and skeptical at the same time. But even they were like, are you sure that fairies didn't build those? Because <laughs> those really do. You know, I know you're kind of kidding when you call them fairy houses, but they really do kind of look like fairy houses. <laughs> they look like something they'd live in. Yeah. Well, and those woods were, those woods were alive and there was a line in the woods that I wouldn't cross. Yes. I would go deep, deep, deep into them, but then there was a line right after this oak tree that when I was a kid, I'd call grandfather Oak. Yeah. And after that, it was like this sea of wild roses and bramble bushes oh. with wild apple yeah. trees in the middle. Yeah. And you didn't cross that line because if you got too close to it, you would start to get that Oz factor feeling. Yeah, like you'd get quiet. dizzy. It'd go dead silent. You'd start to get dizzy. Stuff would get shimmery. And I was like, going to turn around. Bye, <laughs> creepy brambles. That's probably where like the big fairies live. And I'm going to go oh, this way. Cool. Where like it's tiny little squirrel people and like pixies. Yeah, it cool. was it was it was a beautiful place. I miss those woods. I, I do too. I really yeah. do. Yeah, I do too. They I were too. they were they were beautiful. I did I did get some verification for you know as 
once I started going to Roundtown UFO Society uh, meeting that uh, one of the people, one of the other members had talked to after I told my story there, she had talked to two other people that had seen that in that area where I, I had lived. They kind of verified the fact that somebody else had seen it as well. You know, they talked about chicken coops that were gotten into, destroyed, and you saw footsteps, you know, the tracks going out into the woods in the same area. And they had uh, mutilations. There was a mutilation. One of them I saw at, uh, I talked to somebody at the, I was going to Columbus Technical Institute. Now it's Columbus mm -hmm. College, or Columbus State Community College now. But it, then at the time, that was Columbus State. And they, the, one of the girls said that uh, they had seen, uh, I don't know if it was a cow or something that was basically torn apart, you know, in a way that it wasn't normal. Yeah. So there's some strange. But I, you remember those places, and you, when you're young, you just say, "Wow, that was such a cool place." It was, and it's like, that. I wish I could go back down there. And it's, just, but it's all built up now. Yeah, yeah. That's why we moved away from Pataskal and came back to Athens because um, the the suburbs started moving farther and farther east mm -hmm. from Columbus, and and started building up around Pataskala. And we were, oh. you, you could hear just construction all the time. And I was really worried they were going to sell off those woods. Um, I wish I could remember, but there was, wasn't that long ago. I imagine I'm thinking six months, maybe ago, somebody had said they'd seen Bigfoot in Pataskala. I would not be surprised. And I did, I did see that. Because I told Zach, that? yeah, I told I Zach, I'm like, oh, too. hey, it came back. <laughs> He's yeah. like, glad yeah. we're not there. <laughs> glad I'm, I'm, we're here. But, you know, somebody. Oh, welcome to come and see ours. <laughs> yeah, once, as soon as it's not. Yeah, as soon as this ridiculous pandemic is done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, we kind of kind of stay isolated as much. As yeah. That's 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 the better way to do it. I don't. I hate the mask, but so we just try to just stay away. You know. Yeah. And if we go, you do your, uh, you know, you keep away from people and stuff. Yeah. 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 I made masks for, I think I made, ever three hundred of them, for from yeah, and shipped them out to people and. You needed something to do. I needed some things to do, but. Uh, yeah, I don't like you were a little them. antsy right at first there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kendra also made a bunch of them. I cleaned my entire house a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what I did. I went hiking and we started a <coughs> podcast. That's what we did. That's great. All right. So I think we're just about at the the end of our time this will this will be a, a big episode i think until next time keep your eyes on the skies and salt across your doorstep and don't talk to the mothman he never says much Ugh. <laughs>